Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. No. No. Stop. We're going to enter a horror movie. We already did because we're recording together. Hmm. God, deadites, please get him. Not me. Deadites. That was one of the reviews I saw for the new, uh, the new Evil Dead, which was Deadite. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was just like clever. That is cute. I like that. <laughs> Actually, that was a question for trivia. It was one of those anagram ones that geeks who drink do. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this new horror movie anagrams to, and I don't remember what they did it for. Interesting. Um, yeah. So apparently, it has over ninety percent on the tomato meter. Wow. Good for yeah. Good for it. Good for what we're talking about today, which is the fifth installment in the Evil Dead franchise, Evil Dead Rise. We're getting to it. Groovy. Let's open the Book of the Dead and let's get into it, guys. Groovy is a reference to Evil Dead Two. Oh, uh, I didn't see Evil yeah. Dead Two. <laughs> I draw the line. You guys, you were looking at me with blank eyes. Yeah. So. Uh, but you I... weren't possessed by deadites. So it was just. Just that was just straight up just what? Dead inside. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And I'm Eddie Z. And this is remakes, reboots, and revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. Hello everyone, what's up? Welcome back to another week of Remix Reboots and Revivals. Sorry, I don't know why I, I kicked it into like, I don't know, old school radio talk. I know, but... you're doing your best Casey Kasem, yeah. who is dead, by the way. Right, I think we talked about this. <laughs> I was confused if he was alive. I think for the Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he was dead by then. Yeah, he was. Okay, he had yeah. died yeah. already a while, a while ago. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, so, yeah. So, we're going to be talking about Evil Dead today. But first, we do have some news. Let's get some news. 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 Eddie. Z. You've got some news for us, right? Noah's Ark. Um, a TV show that I used oh. to watch on the logo a channel the we, which at the time was kind of like the gay channel um the, the, according to their director um it is coming back wow original cast uh so far so far what i can see uh you know, it looks like original cast i mean uh there were three members i think three or four cast members that were present at the announcement oh wow okay so, uh, I used to watch this. They used to actually marathon this quite often. So they I would, did, uh, yeah. Would watch this like a bunch of episodes. It would always be on TV. I enjoyed this very much because this was always kind of like, um, well, you know, a people of color. Um, so that was yeah. exciting for me. Um, I mean, queer as folk was one thing, but there was something to see kind of like, you know, minorities and their own lives and dealing with like, their friendships and being gay and sex life and stuff. So mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed this show and excited. And they had actually they their last how they wrapped up um, the show was one of their um, one of they did a movie. I kind of end the show 
um and it was kind of the getting together the final final ma- you know the final get together of two of uh the characters getting married yeah. yeah i think it was called jumping the broom jumping the broom jumping the broom yeah. okay that sounds that's it's a tradition <laughs> no it's a tradition but yeah, no, I I saw that. I think I saw it on my TikTok, and I sent it to Eddie because I was pretty sure that he was a fan of this show. I've never seen it before. Uh, wow. Yeah, I've never I I've never seen that. Nor the other one, Dante's Cove is the other like gay drama that comes to mind. But I think that was more like a soft core. Yeah, it's total, total. Yeah, Dante's Cove, total campy. Basically, it's soft porn. Um. And it's all about like witches and the supernatural, and there's werewolves and stuff. But it's gay. But it's gay. It's not like <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's like a gay show. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I've never seen that. I mean, I definitely know Noah's Ark when I watched Logo, and like I think RuPaul leaving Logo really did that channel dirty. Um, I don't even is Logo still a thing? Logo is still a thing. It's still. It's not a. They don't. I, they don't brand themselves as like strictly LGBTQ anymore, though. Like now they're just like pop culture. Hmm. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's exciting, actually. But RuPaul I saw that. I was gonna say, but RuPaul didn't leave like out of her own fruition. Like I'm pretty sure Logo is owned by Paramount and Viacom. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like saying RuPaul, fuck you for doing that, but like after it left, the the channel just suffered. It did. Pretty much. It did. But, so. I mean, you know, that's the problem with sh- networks. You got to grow. You got to grow. Yeah, like, if you're, like, relying on the success of one show, you become, like, MTV and ridiculousness 24-7, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a fucking tragedy. And, unfor- unfortunately, we we were never really getting good quality mm. uh, shows um, that were about the LGBTQ community um and uh but no Noah's Ark is one of those shows that even though i felt like it didn't have didn't have kind, didn't of, have like kind of like the flashiness, the flashiness of queerest folk but it had strong stories you know and characters that kind of drew you in so, yeah so it I, like it was a very like realistic show you know mm-hmm. it, it like took itself seriously but it also was like a nice balance of lightheartedness um, I think yeah, the the normalizing, like not only gayness but like gayness and minorities was also a wonderful thing to grow up with. Um, like when I would see it, I never like religiously watched it. I can't tell you anyone's names, but when I saw it, I was like, this is, like this isn't a joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. This isn't something like this is actually a really good show. Yeah. Um, okay. Which back then, you know, more often these kind of communities were getting mocked. So. Right. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to checking it out and, you know, hopefully we'll be covering it on the podcast if and when it, it drops. You know how these announcement goes sometimes. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And I love the play on the name, Noah's Ark. I know, yeah, Noah's Ark. His Ark, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I thought you were actually talking about the Russell Crowe film at first, and I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm so glad it wasn't that. Yeah. So glad. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. There's there's some interesting stuff coming up in these next couple of weeks too. That you know, there's it's only gonna get more interesting after this. I was kind of begrudgingly doing Evil Dead because I kind of have like meh feelings on this franchise. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and also as horror as a genre, it's just not my go-to, especially the subgenre of demons and possessions, mm-hmm. which are like the things that get to me, which it's bizarre because I'm more likely, the odds are that I could probably get killed by a serial killer before I'll get possessed by a demon. And yet I find the whole demon stuff scarier than slasher movies. Uh, I also find hauntings. Those are like the two things that I'm like, I'd rather not. I'd rather sleep tonight kind of a thing. Okay. Uh, so I saw The Exorcist when I was like 11, and it's just, it's it did its damage to me. I can't watch well, that demon sense. possession movies the same since. So it's not like an enjoyable thing for me. But, you. and especially because, you know, Evil Dead is a franchise, it's taken a bunch of different turns uh, in terms of its tone and the genre that it, you could arguably say it actually is. But overall, it is a staple of the horror genre. So we're gonna we're gonna dig in deep to this one, right? To use an overused phrase. Uh, so when did you guys first see Evil Dead? Uh, any any Evil Dead property? I, like, the, what was your experience? The first time I saw like a full Evil Dead anything related was probably a couple years ago when I saw an episode of Ash versus the Evil Dead at Comic Con. Mm. And that's not true. I mean, prior to that, in college, I had seen bits and pieces of the Evil Dead. Because I think we studied it in school, you know, because it's like every filmmaker's dream. Make a indie low-budget film, start off as a short film, get backers, and then rake in millions of dollars. And, you know, start off a career, as Sam yeah. Amy did. So, uh-huh. But I never really watched it until this week for this podcast. That is crazy. Yeah. Wow. So oh, the- oh I, saw the, I saw the evil... Army, Army of the Dead. Army, Army of Darkness. Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yeah, I saw that one last year uh, when we were at a friend's barbecue. It was playing, and we just sat down to watch, and it was awful. <laughs> it's very different. Uh, did you know the original title of that was supposed to be Medieval Dead, but the studio made them change it. That would have been funnier, right? That would have good... made more sense. Seriously. Uh, wow. So first time this week, Eddie. You too. Uh, no, I've seen um, at least the first three when I was mm. a kid. So when they, um, yeah, at least, yeah. Um, I saw them like, like you rented the videos store. Got get, it, yeah. Get it as a cassette. So I've seen, uh, I've seen them as a little kid. So I was always, oh uh, yeah, I, th- I, was, I was always kind of fascinated with horror. And um, the only thing, I just, this particular horror, it's always well, it's like after the first one, then it gets a little funny. You know, they try to insert the comedy mm-hmm. into it, which, um, you know, you can. You know, I prefer the seriousness of it, you know. Okay. But yeah. in that, too, it was more horrifying because I felt like there's really nothing you can do in this situation. Like a lot of horror movies, there's a way. Maybe if you destroy something, destroy the book, or if you. Um, you know, if you, you know, get a talisman or say a ritual or get a priest to do an exorcism, you know, there's some way of getting a fighting against the demon. But, you know, this is like you have to destroy the body and then still the possibility of possession. You know, they don't really die. They don't really and go away. They just look for the next opportunity here. Yeah. So, yeah. Once unleashed. Yeah. You can't it's put it back. Like, and it's like it's so funny, too, because. Looking back at these both it, both movies, um, the new one and the and the original, 
it's like it's before it's unleashed it's hinting that it wants to be unleashed too so it's <laughs> yeah, like setting yeah. the stage i'm gonna be unleashed so it's like this like weird thing i'm out there but i'm gonna be really out there once i get you to once this spell is said or this prayer is said mm-hmm. incantation yeah this uh I remember seeing Evil Dead, the first one, the Evil Dead for the first time. And like, I used to have like a basement where I would project movies and a group of us watched it. Uh, and I remember definitely trying to like <laughs> underplay how much I wasn't enjoying it because of the demonic stuff. Um, but it ended up being a good time. Years later then I saw Evil Dead 2 and was like, I was older. I was more into the filmmaking of it and I was just amazed by everything about that movie and i also agree evil uh army of darkness is just it's too silly it was too much studio interference it was just not what you loved about the first two films right um yeah i have a question so you said you weren't you didn't like the the evil dead which is the original one yeah because of the demonic possession stuff it had nothing to when do i with... was younger yeah okay. so i mean <laughs> i didn't like it because I feel like the characters made no sense in their actions. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, so that was my original uh, take on it. It's not my favorite of the franchise. My favorite is Evil Dead 2. I think Evil Dead 2 actually kind of remakes the first film, Mm -hmm. even though it turns it into another film halfway through, but I think it does it better. And this is the ultimate indie film. This is Sam Raimi with um, Bruce Campbell and even like the help of, because they were friends with the Coen brothers. So a bunch of them were like making movies. The Coen and, like, brothers? The Coen brothers. Like, wow. Like, I didn't know yeah, that. The, they helped the Coen brothers make their first film, which was Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all kind of like helping each other. And they made this movie. And it was all just them doing the best that they could with mm-hmm. like no, barely any budget. I think they did less than $100,000, which for even now, you know, like that's still a it's a thin budget. No, I thought the budget was three hundred forty-five thousand by the end. For this one? For the for the Evil Dead. Uh, I think that maybe after like in post, but initially they just uh-huh. had gotten like less than a hundred thousand dollars. There was like a ninety thousand cash infusion that they had gotten. That was after they finally had a producer who was like, "All right, I'm interested. I, I saw your short film. Let's yeah. Uh, here's a little bit of money. Again, the dream." The seriously the dream. I mean, it's it's a story that everyone wants to happen to them, um, and you could tell that this film was very independently made and not a lot of studio interference, especially for a movie that came out in 1981. And it uses practical effects, and it uses practical effects in the most 80s and beautiful way possible, with uh, artist Tom Sullivan creating a lot of the deadite special effects you see. Mm-hmm. And this film became a cult film. It got a sequel six years later in 1987, which I've said it before. I think 1987 is the penultimate year of the 80s. I think that's when it starts to break out of 80s tropes, but also kind of define them. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the most important movies of the 80s came out in 87. So Evil Dead 2, Fatal Attraction, which we will be doing. Yeah, that's right. uh, we will be covering that soon. Yeah, which I'm excited for. Uh, Raising Arizona, which I also think is a beautiful kind of like slapsticky, Looney Tunish kind of movie. Like people were starting to expand what they can do and, and how they can blend genres together and influences. And that was a film by the Coen Brothers, right? So this group of people. Um, yeah, I, I think Evil Dead Two is just so good. I mean, we're not going to talk about Evil Dead Two, but I do think it's a better film. 
So the plot of the Evil Dead is that there's five students and they're all renting a cabin, isolated cabin yeah, in rural they, Tennessee. They were college students, right? Yeah, Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I think I heard a noise. And pretty it, much, you know, when they get there, they the come across. It's the deadites at my door. Um, they find a Sumerian book of the dead called the Naturum de Manto. I know, which is obviously where you find all Sumerian. Uh, also, Sum- yeah. You know, in Tennessee. Sumerian or Sumatran? Sumerian. Sumerian. What's the difference? Yeah. Mm, that I don't know, but I just know it's a Sumerian. All right. Well, this, uh, but that's where you would find them all in Tennessee, uh, in a cabin. In Tennessee, like yeah, yeah. I guess Joseph Smith was right. All these things happen in America too. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, and they also find a tape recorder from an archaeologist who essentially found this book and recited its incantations and did it on recording, which you know is such a good idea, right? If you got a book that you find from ancient times. And you're gonna read it out loud. Might as well record yourself. Yeah, right. And like, what's the like? What is the mindset here? You know, it's because when he's speaking, he knows this. The person who made the recording, he knows that like, if you read this out loud, did he not think that the recording counts? Like, you're not reading it. You're it's it's being just like recited. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, it doesn't. Because I, I I it's funny. I I feel like I've been watching more and more like these demonic or horror stuff with like Eddie as of late but I keep bringing up these random questions that I start thinking about it's just like well how do the demons know what is 3am like do they honor daylight savings time or not for example <laughs> you know because you know 3am is like the bewitching hour or whatever yeah so mm-hmm. how do ghosts know this like are they respecting daylight savings or not do you know Nicole I don't think <laughs> and more importantly it's like how do they like what about time zones how does that affect the ghost's perception of time. So that's why I think it's like all silliness anyway. Yes. No, these are great uh, skeptical points to arise. Uh, But, you know, for the sake of it, ghosts know all and ghosts do all or demons. Let's say demons. These incantations that they're hearing in the tape pretty much resurrect them. And they resurrect a demonic entity and we come to know them as the deadites. Uh, We don't get to know. The word deadite is never said in this film, though. Yeah. Eventually throughout the series. I think in in Evil Dead 2. And here's the thing. Because they kind of remake Evil Dead with Evil Dead 2, I get them really easily mixed up. So I probably will do it again, and I apologize. That's fine. Um, So essentially, one by one, they all get possessed and die in horrific ways, leaving Ash to be the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite death? Oh, that's a good question. Who was my favorite death? recite them uh, for me because like I don't off the top of my head I don't remember them well so the first one is the tree which I think is one of the best ones no she didn't die from the tree though she's, well she got oh she got raped by she the was tree, raped by the tree which I thought was so yeah. weird uh, it was like I think needlessly sexual for no <laughs> for no reason oh yeah no they 100% that was the intention yeah like <laughs> that scene it was just it was yeah. so I think grotesque a little bit, but absolutely. Uh, she didn't die then. She didn't die until a little later on. Who? God, I don't know. I feel like because no one really dies until the very end when like they start blowing up after he burns the 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 Necromonicon. So mm. it's like hard to say. It's like, what's my favorite possession? I guess maybe it was the second girl. The what girl? The second, the second girl who got possessed. Oh, so not Cheryl. 
Um, I mean, Cheryl. Linda. I don't like. You don't remember their names? I don't remember their names. The first girl was one who got manhandled by a tree. Yes. Right. Not sure. She she becomes like your predominant deadite for the rest of the film, and Mm -hmm. then she possesses. She eventually passes the infection on to the next girl, who I think was the other guy's girlfriend. I wish I knew their names. Scott. Scott. Scott's girlfriend. Yeah. Shelly. Is that Shelly? Okay, Shelly. Yeah. I yeah. feel like her possession like comes to mind more so because like you know when she attack like when she attacks her boyfriend and stuff in the bathroom, it's a whole mess. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cheryl in the cellar like trying to get out too is just one of the uh, images that have always stuck in my head about this movie. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's it for 1981 for completely independent and not studio interfered. This is some impressive special effects for 1981. For 1981, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think this is important, but... Or oh, yeah, caveat. by the way, Able Dead 2, just going back to that, 87, Hellraiser, which made me think of Hellraiser when I was watching all these different films in the franchise. I can see that there, with the body horror. The body horror, yeah. right? The Like, the deforming and the complete, just, like, body dysmorphia almost happening uh, that people started to really love in their horror movies in the 80s. I wonder why... That's. I, mean, I wish I knew the psychology behind that, but I do not know. However, interesting, Hellraiser comes up again because when I saw the 2013 remake and the new uh, revival, reboot, we'll mm-hmm, talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. I got vibes from the new Hellraiser. But not. that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I just want to... Because I know we did come down a little hard on the previous Hellraiser, but... We'll t- again, we'll talk about this when we Well, the we Hellraiser first one was just such a fucking masterpiece. Oh, yeah, no, wonderful. But I'm talking about the remake. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, but yeah. I think we were so disappointed in comparison because the first one's just so good. Right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's just about a bunch of kids getting fucking possessed in a cabin. I mean, there's not really much more <laughs> to say about the evil dead. How, tro- uh, how popular was this trope? Like having a bunch of kids in the cabin? Well, cabin in the woods. I know, cabin in the woods, I know really flips this idea on its head but like what is your progenitor for well so the slasher film and like horror as a genre really came into birth in the 70s Mm -hmm. and then exploded onto the mainstream in the 80s so i would say this is one of the first cabin in the wood films honestly yeah i agree because technically friday the 13th it was a campground not one cabin This one is all isolated to just the one cabin, and they break down a bridge to keep that isolation even more heightened. Yeah. Uh, And Friday the 13th was only a year before. Oh, wow. See, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Well, Halloween, one of the biggest slasher movies, was 78. So this is all like the birth of these these genres that we know Mm -hmm. so well. Right. Um, I think maybe The Exorcist is what really kicked off demonic movies, but then it became like the omen followed that and like be people like getting like singular person getting possessed or like being the son of a, you know, son of Satan or whatever. I think this film then began the whole like, hey, different demons possessing and contorting and completely destroying your body trope. Mm -hmm. Which, but then again, I don't, I don't know too many. Again, I'm not like a horror expert, yeah, so I can't maybe. I can't say all the films that it inspired after this. If you are a horror lover out there, by all means, reach out. Let us know our history. 
of these horror films because I'm also I love a good horror movie, but I don't know their history. I'm not like a fanatic in that sense. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I just I think what's most impressive about this is truly the filmmaking and the really inspired filmmaking. Um, I think that even goes a step further in the second one, uh, which I, I just think is a really the best film of the franchise and a really unique, well done film. But yeah, it's just it's creative. Not these filmmakers clearly did not have any blockades in front of them. They didn't have any rules or restrictions. They were able to do whatever they wanted. And the the product is just really different and refreshing. I think, like we're saying now, looking at it from 2023, we see the tropes, we see the datedness, but really just appreciating it for this kind of moment in time, I do think it's a really great American film. Uh Not as good as Evil Dead 2, but... I think it's fine. I don't think it's like... I actually don't understand the obsession with it because watching it back, is just like, wow, like, I understand, I can respect the filmmaking of it, I can respect, actually, the effects. Mm -hmm. I think... Other than that, like, this movie was kind of, like, hollow. Like, sometimes we focus too much on the effects. Yeah, like, there was, it was no like, character you know how, building. Like, you know how, like, in the modern-day cinema, it's all about the CGI effects and, like, seeing that? Like, sometimes we just focus too much on, like, that kind of the prosthetics exploding and all this stuff. I was just like, I, I don't need this much of it. Like, you're kind of... Yeah. Because when you hold on those shots for too long, like, you see the cartooniness come out and you see the, the prosthesis of it all, you know? And it kind of irritated me a little. They kind of, it was, we shot this, these are the most expensive things that we produced for this movie, so we're gonna really put them front and center. And I think that kind of detracted a little from this film, to be quite honest. Not to say, that's my biggest irk with this film. The next big problem I had was kind of the character's reactions to things just seemed so far out of the realm of reality. Like, there's just scenes where Scott and Ash are just looking dumbfounded by yeah, what they're yeah, seeing. Yeah, and, like, yeah, like... And not <laughs> reacting in, like, any plausible manner. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do you think you would be that reactionary if all of a sudden Eddie got possessed by a demon? Or would you just kind of stand there shocked by the fact that it's happening? I don't know if I would be shocked as much as I'd be more, like, figuring out how to restrain a person. There was, like, no attempt at that for, like, <laughs> long stretches of time. and it was it was it it kind of it it bugged me a little because i was just like it's a you know this could have been a better film if you just uh uh put a little more thought into the character actions and stuff and it could have been just you know like hey that wasn't the goal for the film the goal for the film was yeah yeah, showcase to, to showcase this the the gore yeah absolutely um and but i get it i totally get in that you kind of need that i mean the fact that the characters are pretty indistinguishable from one another all the really shows like yeah i couldn't i could not differentiate when i found out that ash was the brother to one of the main the first girl who got infected i was just like oh they i just found that out right now like halfway through the film you know yeah yeah that's that's right cheryl um but i mean again yeah i definitely think this is a visual feast and in that way they absolutely i applaud them for what they did and then what they perfected in evil dead too and I love the way that this film ends. I think it's actually a really beautiful shot when Ash is walking away from the cabin and all of a sudden the POV of the demon follows him and it goes right into his mouth. I think it's such a beautiful shot. That's actually like, my favorite thing about these. Like they had like those shots of like just the like the POV yes, of the demon. The POV wonderful that stuff. That became like the style for all the possessions going forward. Yeah. Uh at least for the 
Sam, or at least for the Bruce Campbell ones. Um, Bruce Campbell becomes like the main character of this series. He's always the one who survives, Ash Williams. And he's back for Evil Dead 2, which becomes more of a comedy. Mm-hmm. Or it makes a, it does a fine line. It's like very dark comedy. And then Army of Darkness, which is way more comedic to the point where it's distracting. Uh, I mean, the Evil Dead franchise has spawned so many different things. It's spawned video games. It's oh, spawned... speaking of video games, actually, Ryan, who was one of the guests for our episodes, he did the music for the video game. Oh, that's he did so one of the, cool. Yeah, he did one of the tracks for the Evil Dead video game. Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's 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 gotten comic books. There was a musical. Somebody wrote an Evil Dead musical because it's Evil very Dead fitting musical. for that. Yeah. And a television series that happened called Ash vs. the Evil Dead, which was on Netflix from 2015 to 2018. No, right the Star's when we, original. This, uh, I, well, I know it's on Netflix now, I think. That's why. Maybe, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, you can stream it on Netflix, but it's a, it there was a Star's, it was Star's original. original. Yeah. This is very culty, right? This has always been a big, had a cult following, people who know Bruce Campbell. He's not like a mainstream name. He's more of like a cult fan base name. You know, people who like B-movies or independent movies or whatever, they, they're more familiar and they're more of the stands of these movies. Uh, and he's always been synonymous with it. Right. Ash vs. the Evil Dead features Lucy Lawless, and actually I was just talking with Eddie about it, because I was just like, because we, we saw a random episode at Comic-Con, and that, I remember that venue was packed for that for that screening, because you yeah, had Bruce Campbell also come on stage and kind of talk to was he giving out money? Yeah, he was giving out money. I don't remember that. That's so funny. He's so funny. He's such a, such a funny, like, personality. But he... I remember it, it was when we were just rewatching The Evil Dead, the first one. I was like, oh, he's such a, like... He has such a distinct look. He's a very handsome man. But he's goofy also. <laughs> yeah. Time. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and then I was thinking about the, the, the Ash versus The Evil Dead. And I was thinking, it was just like, how did they end up with Lucy Lawless? And Eddie had to remind me that Bruce Campbell was like a regular on Xena. Yeah. Well, Ted Raimi was too. Um, Who? Who's Ted he? Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother, was a regular on Xena. Also. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, and I think Bruce Campbell was on it a couple of times, but it was Ted Raimi who was like, to the point I think he was a supporting character mm. he was a regular supporting character so they're all part of like the same kind of group right whatever you want to call them I mean, um, is... what are your thoughts on Sam Raimi as a director I mean I like Spider-Man okay that's it I don't know <laughs> I don't know his other films what, what other uh, films so he made the the three evil dead movies mm-hmm. he did a simple plan he did the quick and the dead I don't know that He did one. do the Spider-Man movies. Um, and he did the most recent Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness film. Which was okay. I wasn't... It wasn't... I wasn't wowed by it, but... It's also Doctor yeah. Strange, you know? <laughs> what you... Okay, yeah. So the, those are, like, I think his big films. I hope I'm not forgetting a big one. Um, yeah, no. Those are it. Oh, yeah, he did Oz the Great and Powerful. So random. Oh, that movie was terrible, though. Yeah, no, it wasn't very good. But I he was involved with Xena and Hercules it. TV shows and stuff. So, which where do you so, stand, Xena versus Hercules? Which one was a better show? Xena. Yeah, Xena was a way better show. When is that getting remade? I know, right? There's like, been talks about it, but they should uh, screw Hercules. I want like a Xena. Yeah, <laughs> I want, like, yeah. A Xena reboot. Yeah, I want a mythology thing. I want like a show that just takes place. Oh, that would be Ancient amazing. Greece mythology stuff. 
let's get like you know one season covering the Iliad, another season carrying covering the Odyssey. Like let's do like full Game of Thrones immersion. I'm surprised um, it hasn't been done. I mean, I know. I know. Yeah, that's it's weird. We go to medieval, but we don't go to like antiquities. You know. Yeah. So when the they said that they announced that Evil Dead was going to get resurrected, if you will, in 2013. It was like, is this going to be the long-awaited fourth Evil Dead movie with Ash? And uh, no, it wasn't. It was going to be a soft reboot that was a loose continuation of the series. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, the Deadites and the book of the dead getting in the hands of somebody else. Right. And they remade it in, I guess, 2013. Yeah, 2013 when is it when it came out. Yeah, and that was just called Evil Dead. The talks for it came out as early as 2004. Bruce Campbell yeah. was still attached to the project, though, in 2013. He actually made a cameo appearance at the very, very end of the film. Yes. Yep, he does. And there was going to be this whole thing where it was like, okay, now we have another character, Mia Allen, who's going to be the next Ash Williams, and we're going to go through her. But they didn't do that. Evil Dead Rise, 10 years later, they're making, and they revived this fucking dead thing yet again. Which and I, it's a brand new slate of people. I know, which I'm surprised because the 2013 film was... I I, re- I watched it for the podcast. I know that we, you and I said that we weren't going to really talk about it, but I had to just a little bit. I'm yeah. impressed with this film. It was actually really good. And compared to the budget and how much it took in, in the box office, it was not a flop by any means. So mm. I'm surprised that this franchise didn't continue. I guess it just didn't get like the buzz going for it. But I think they took the general plot of the original The Evil Dead and kind of just added a little bit more drama to it, which I think works for the benefit here. So this is the story of Mia. She's played by the girl from Zoe's Incredible Playlist. Uh, okay. Jane Levy, that's her name. And But she gives a really great performance because the f- story really focuses on her. She's the first one possessed. And she gives like this really incredible performance of an... She's a recovering addict who her friends have brought her to the woods, including her brother, to help her, you know, go clean cold turkey. And then she gets possessed by this evil demonic force. And it really, it works well because, you know, when you're thinking of, she's an addict also, right? So a lot of the things, a lot of her reactions, people, the her friend group are just assuming it's just like, oh, this is just because she's going cold turkey. Uh, and they're trying to help her through that journey. Meanwhile, she's being possessed by one of these deadites. And the gore is actually pretty horrific. I think it was a... And I think at the core, the main storyline is this brother-sister kind of uh, tense relationship they had after the death of their mom because the brother wasn't there. And Mm. he... It it, kind of like... uh, It flips our expectations upside down because we assume that he's going to be the Ash in this storyline. But he turns out to be the final demon... And she ends up getting depossessed. And so she ends up becoming the Ash, you know, with the, with the chainsaw, with the missing limb and everything. And I, it, it was, it, it, you know, it flipped what we were expecting on its head. And I think it did such a great job of it. We even got uh, the tree. We even got like a little bit of a tree rape scene also. But it was like <laughs> a, uh, a female monster that did it to her this time, which I, I don't know if that makes it better, but still. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. I, I yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that this. I don't know why this film didn't get like the love it kind of deserves. Because I thought it was actually a really. I thought it was a compelling remake. I'm just like, oh, this is actually. It takes all the problems I had with the original one, and it kind of fixes them, in my opinion. 
uh, while giving you delivering you the core. And and I think it kind of fixed the tonal problem that the follow-ups to the Evil Dead have, which is just like kind of going through the comedy. This one went straight right into horror and suspense. Yeah. So once again, it took a turn where it was like, okay, the series got very B-movie, very campy, very balanced between horror and comedy. And it seems like with the new Evil Dead, so they're like, nope, mm-hmm. back to just plain old horror. And what I remember which the evil dark, the army, army of darkness and stuff, there were supposed to be three Necromonicon books, uh, right? Scattered throughout uh-huh. history and the world and stuff. So I think what fans and like even the creators just alluded to that this is one of the three books. And that's Got how we it. tie into the new one, the evil dead rise or just evil dead rise. Uh. So, Evil Dead Rise just recently came out. It was directed and written by Lee Cronin, who I think is a relatively young filmmaker. Yeah, he's uh, Irish. Based... I know that much. Yeah. Uh, it was produced by Rob Tappert, who did produce the original series. And I think Lee um, not Lee Cronin, sorry, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell were somewhat executive producers in it. And Bruce Campbell does actually make a very brief cameo appearance in this film voice only voice only <laughs> we don't know if it's if he's playing ash though because i think as of ash uh army of darkness he's like stuck in time elsewhere right yeah Although, but he's yeah but lost in, in ash time. versus the evil dead he's in the present so i don't know how that works out yeah it, the the series is constantly retconning itself and just ignoring what other films did mm. that's just what they always do uh, and ever since that Evil Dead reboot, you know, they've been like, all right, we're going to have another Mia Allen movie. We're going to have another Ash movie. It took them 10 years to come up with this. Which is funny because they wanted to make a Mia Allen, Bruce Campbell mashup movie. They did. Yeah, yeah there was talks of it. They were originally going to just put this straight on HBO's streaming service. But, you know, nowadays, horror movies are a great way to make a quick buck at the theater because people will go see it and they are usually really affordable to make. So this film's budget was somewhere between 15 to 20 million in, and it's already got like almost 50 million at the box office. Mm-hmm. So HBO and Warner Brothers, I'm sure, are very happy about that. Oh, yeah. That. I, I, you know, that after the merger with Discovery, they have kind of dialed back how much is going direct to streaming. They're going back to the theater because that's where I guess they see them. It makes sense. It, you yeah. make more money, obviously, with ticket revenue, with ticket sales, than you do with streaming rights exclusivity. So that makes sense. The reason they also decided to go the route of theatrical release was because the early screenings were getting positive reviews. And so they were like, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, let's capitalize on this and send it out. And it honestly really smart, especially with the success of movies like Megan and Smile and stuff mm-hmm. really can make that that money. Uh, trying to put this to like maybe a one sentence synopsis, but essentially, you know, family is in a kind of condemned Los Angeles apartment. And during an earthquake, they uncover one of the book of the deads, which then unleashes the deadites and just ravages their family. Yep. Now, who is this family? Well, it's single mother. What was her name? Ellie? Uh, I think it was Ellie. Ellie. And she's getting visited by her sister, Beth, who just kind of came back from a vacation. They kind of have this strained relationship. She didn't even know that. What? She her was sister on vacation. Ellie. She works. She does oh, sound tech I... for... Uh, they, her sister keeps calling her a groupie. That's where a source of their attention comes from. Her sister calls her uh... a groupie, but she does sound tech for bands. Okay. 
I watched a rip of this, so I think maybe I missed oh, something. Oh, did they get <laughs> Wow, miss. We so have much. Oh, like, you got to go back she? to the theater. Save the theater, please. Save the theater, oh, everyone. I'm going to stream this movie illegally. <laughs> <laughs> the shame. I know. I, I barely rip movies, and this was the one I'm like, I'm not going to the theater for this. Oh, you missed I, out. This was a very, I know. Very, we switched yeah. roles, This was honestly. a really, really fun one to watch in theaters. Thank God. My theater started off loud. I was going to get so mad. It just made me, every time I go to theater, I'm just, like, getting more and more angry at the fact that, like, yo, why don't people shut the fuck up at these theaters anymore? But this one, it, I guess it caught people's attention because, like, once once those first scares started, everyone shut up and was paying attention. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, the horror movies are always good to see with crowds. It's so much fun. But, yeah, Beth is there, and she doesn't really even know that Ellie, you know, broke up with her husband and now her kids... Her three children, you know, are living without their dad, who mm-hmm. isn't being a really good dad to them. The three kids are Danny, Bridget, and Cassie. Yes. Who's not even a teenager. She's the baby. Yeah, and they're in a condemned, gross Los Angeles apartment. I don't know. And I they call have... it gross. I think it was a beautiful building. It was gross. Uh, you think so? <laughs> I don't know. Those rooms are pretty big, Yeah, too. like, the Those doors were magnificent. I love the big. decor of this building. Yeah. You know what was gross was the coloring of this movie. Oh, mm. well, that might have been a rip thing, to be quite honest. Oh, you thought it was yeah. a beautiful color choice? Because it was no. very, like, mm, sepia feeling. No. no. It was not. <laughs> it wasn't. It was definitely a rip thing. <laughs> <laughs> the colors were, I would, uh, they weren't even muted. I think they were saturated. But I would say it was mostly in the teal. Uh, teal and red. <laughs> She's probably like going to start saying, at, at, at some point, there was always a shadow moving back and forth. Yeah, no. seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh. One thing my rip had was this constant cuts to like a casino ad. And at first, I thought it was in the movie. Um, yeah. Okay, well, whatever. Wow. <laughs> Let me just stick to the story. Uh, Danny, he's into music mm-hmm. and um, he he likes to like DJ and actually like with vinyls and stuff, you right. know, so it's a little old school. And during the earthquake, they kind of come across a secret chamber. So the building used to have a bank. Yeah. Yeah. The bank uh, closed down, but they and they, it looks like they just like kind of built over it, basically. And so after the earthquake kind of reveals parts of the, the vault. Yeah. And this is one of the things that was hidden in the vault. Okay. And there also, just because we dropped pizza on the floor and still in the box, it's still good, right? It's still in the box. The kids, it, the it, kids it, ate totally, that pizza. <laughs> it's like two boxes of pizza. Oh, I dropped it. Now we can't eat it anymore. Oh, yeah, I'm like, no, what not, the hell? Not in this family. This family would have been like, oh, well, I guess we're just going to scrape some cheese off the top of that box. We're oh, gonna yeah. Eat it. <laughs> she could pizza later. It's the things that we focus on when we're watching these movies in the time. So. Seriously, right? Yeah. I think that's me and Eddie whispering when she says, "Like we can't have the pizza anymore." And Eddie's like, "It's like what? It's like, why not? Pizza. <laughs> it's not. It didn't come. It didn't jump out of the box. Right? Seriously, <laughs> it's literally what a waste protected of food. on the box. And why do we need to go? I, I'm and another thing too. It's just crazy. It's just like." Yeah, of course. Couldn't be a movie without stuff like that, without stupid people making stupid decisions. You know, you just yep. ha- you just had an earthquake. Always expect there's going to be some aftershocks, maybe following a major earthquake and uh, maybe climbing down into a vault. Wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Leaving your two sisters behind to fend for themselves. He was but an adventurous Danny, young man. Danny. Yeah. What can I say? 
But yes. Well, if I were to find a book, I I that looked the way that that book did, I was like, nope. Mm-mm. That would have been me, but I wouldn't have been in a horror movie, so that's why. Mm-mm. I don't know. The, the, a... book, the book didn't even look scary, in my opinion. Can I you probably... open it up? The, the the book design for the... Oh, wait. Was this the one that had teeth? I take it back. This one did. This one yeah, was this scary. One the teeth. This one had yeah. the teeth on the, on the thing. I was thinking of the original one wasn't that scary looking. Yeah, they always look terrifying, so I don't know why anyone decides to open those books. Yeah. But and of whatever. course, when the book opens up, once you drip blood on it, Come on, it, yeah. come on, come on, come on. Yeah, seriously. So, so go on. yeah, and, and Danny takes vinyls that came with it, phonograph records from like the 20s, and he spins them and listens to them. And of course, it's an incantation that summons these demonic entities. Mm. And the first person to get attacked is their mother. Terrifying. Right, absolutely terrifying. Whoever this actress, yeah, this act, she just she just gave me terror. Oh my gosh! So when I saw the trailer for this movie, I was like, "Hey, Bryce Dallas Howard's in this." It's not Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, uh, it's Bryce? but it's some other pretty white girl with red hair. Her she, name is Alyssa Sutherland. Yeah, Alyssa, she is great, by the way. Like she was she did a good job. She is. I mean, she has a carry. Yeah, she's film. an Australian actress. Yeah, she had to. So this woman, she had to carry the film, basically, right? Yeah, she is like the main possession. Oh, she was in the mist. The TV show? No, she was in the movie one. Really, I don't remember her in the mist, but she must have been like a teenager or something. No, so it was a TV show. Yes, yes, it was. It was. It was. was, So, do you think that the main possession person is the one who carries the film, or do you think the main survivor is the one who carries the film? Both. But they both have very different jobs. They do. Yeah. yeah. Like, so Beth, who is played by Lily Sullivan, she, as a main survivor, we're supposed to empathize with her and kind of like really, really root for her to survive this at the end. Interesting thing that they did here in this storyline is that so Beth just found out that she's pregnant. That's why she, come, she has come back to her sister. She needs help. Uh, I think we could all read between the lines there. <laughs> I don't know why she couldn't do that in Europe, though, because that's where she was. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Europeans aren't like so... I, coming to America to seek an abortion is probably the biggest mistake you made. You probably were better off in Europe. Yeah, seriously. Europe doesn't have yeah. the hang-ups on abortion as we do. They have the hang-ups with, uh, with, oh, do they? Maybe, I think in Europe they don't have the hang-ups with abortion. They have uh, the Christian, the Christian right is fighting like uh, uh, the end of, of uh, public execution, uh, capital punishment. Here in America, the Christian right their thing is their blight is abortion and stuff. That's how how we usually get summed up. So yeah, so her she was in Europe to come all the way to America to seek abortion. Just like you made a mistake, girl. Even in California, it's just like it's so harder in America than you were in Europe. You probably better off just like seeking help over there. But anyway, we needed a reason for her to come back, and her main storyline is this idea of motherhood. She is running away from this idea of motherhood that kind of now falls onto her after her sister gets possessed. And that's like an interesting way to kind of bring her f- she has like this fear of like being an actual mother now she's stuck with it while literally fighting demons. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so uh-huh. uh, I think it was a great way to make us empathize with this character's arc. And uh so she she so that was the role of Beth. But Ellie, on the other hand, like Ellie, she has to carry the film because she's like the possessed. And as the possessed, like you have to be like scary. You have to be really able to contort your body. Because like, Mm. I mean, I know like a lot of that must have been like some CGI stuff, but like you still had to perform. And she was able to perform. 
Yeah. Uh, the body contortion stuff was like, whoa. And even, uh, t- yeah, and even the other thing they played around with, I, d- I love this, just this idea of this tired mother who the demon just, I think it goes into your id. Mm. And it really, like, spits out, like, the things. It's like, I'm so glad I'm getting rid of these fucking children. I forgot. She was saying funny things about, like, yeah. getting rid of the children. Saying terrible things about her family. Yeah. yeah. But then she had that one moment, too, where she's like, don't let them take my babies. Right. So, you know, good acting. Yeah, I definitely no, she think was, she, she did a good job. I, I, thought so she was wonderful. I don't know if it translated well for you, Nicole, uh, but the in the theater, when she does the scream in the bathroom, she mm. climbs up on the wall and then screams mm-hmm. that, and then stops. Oh, that was so effing terrifying. It was just like, stop. It was so effing loud. It was just uh, like, oh my God, this is painful. This is horrifying. Damn. Oh, I would have loved to have heard that with Dolby. Even though I have surround sound here, it sounded pretty good. Uh, it's, you I know, it's interesting because. So yeah, yeah. We're, ro- we're rolling our eyes, everybody, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Insert eye roll. uh the one thing that i realized when i was watching this film and just like seeing not only the other evil dead films but films this year like say john wick uh you saw the new john i feel oh yeah i love john wick um i had yet to see any oh i love they're great i mean well i don't know if action is your genre and it is i just really violent i just haven't gone out to see it well i love them a lot um but i'm realizing i'm like wow I am so desensitized to so many types of violence and gore in film. And when I was watching this, except for a couple of moments, I was like, this is just not working for me. Like, I don't really feel anything. Interesting. The moments that I felt it were the parts around the eyeballs, right? Like those kind of things where it was like, oh, it's about to go in that person's eye. That I was just like, ugh, right? Always, oh, that's another always work for me. That's another Bruce Campbell cameo. He did the chewing sound effects. Ooh, man. <laughs> of the I eyeball. love it. He always does the best one. Uh, the the other uh, cameo that he has is that he's on the record player, being like, yeah, "No, he... don't do it." Like that's it. So. Oh, that was him. I thought he was the priest that was reading the incantation. That makes more sense that he was a no, don't do it guy. Yeah, it's like was that a displaced ash right. saying that that they recorded? Uh, who knows? But yeah. So it was interesting because, like, this film gets really gory and it's, like, just embraces it, right? Like, everyone just slowly starts coming to the dead. It just starts with the mom, then she gets Bridget, right? Mm -hmm. And then Bridget starts fucking chewing glass. Which I guess that didn't do anything was That was my other one that was disgusting. That was a pretty gross moment in the the film, I think. Yeah, yeah. Bridget is next to be infected, but there's also the massacre that happens in the hallway between Bridget and infected. Yeah, it was it was those stuff that I was like, okay, yeah, like that felt more so. It was like the, it's the eyeballs, it's the destroying your mouth with glass, like those mm. things get me. Did but just you know, grater, regular violence does it. The cheese grater on the, the cheese ankle, grater on the on the calf didn't get calf. you. That got me. I was just like, I, I, there, there were moments. No, there were moments in this me. film when I, I just had to like I used turn my face. It terrified me because it, it was just. I was just gagging on the on, on the gore of it, just like really. It was very gory. Gag, yeah. and I was just, and I was feeling everything. I was like, covering my eye. I was just like, like bringing my arms around my chest. This is like, this is horrifying, absolutely yeah. horrifying. Which, if you look at the original one and like the subsequent Evil Dead's, like that is the appeal, the body horror. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It. So in this movie, 
delivers to that. It does. I think. Yeah, I think it does too. I was more amazed at myself where I was like, wow, I feel so desensitized. <laughs> mm. Like, I mean, even though I can applaud a job well done, which is what I think, you know, mm-hmm. the, the visuals of this film was, like, I don't really give a shit about the story. But like we said, it's not about the stories. You know, that's why I'm more forgiving of the first Evil Dead. And this is why I like this film is because it's like, hey, this was gross as fuck. Oh, really? Well, and that's what we came for. I Yes. We, I, I actually came, I always come for story first. And I think this one delivered on a story. I think the arc for Beth becoming the maternal figure and like her protectiveness of these children as they die one by one. Right. So usually I think a lesser movie, the three kids would have survived here. Only the youngest survives, and barely, I think, by the end of yeah, the film. Yeah, So Thank God. I hate seeing bad things happen to children. But and they put this poor little girl through so much in this So film. much. She's traumatized. It was, I think, but effective for that. And I think, I think they really, they fleshed out a good character and a good reason as to why she wants to survive this. And I think... The other aspect of this film I like is by changing the setting. So we're not in the woods like the 2013 or the original one. We're now mm-hmm. in a, we're in an urban landscape. We're in a high rise. Not 13th floor, but still. We're still a pretty up high. I think that and changing how we're isolated. The isolation here is what works also in this film. Like how these characters are isolated seems so unique. Yeah. That it works. And I, I, I appreciated that. The other real thing I appreciated with this film, though was the beginning of the movie it also flips that idea you know how we complained about this i think for pet cemetery when Uh. a movie starts at the end and you're left you're like stuck it's just like oh how did we get here yeah this one they gave you a flash forward yeah but it was not really related to the movie at all it was actually that actually would have been more so the after credit scene that we would see i would say uh yeah this the beginning, actually, I think it did it effectively where I'm, like, expecting, how the hell do these stories, or how are they going to connect? I was, like, curious, how how do we get from there to here? And I think it, it it made me, like, kind of, I was constantly, like, trying to guess. And because I couldn't figure it out until the very end, I was left, like, kind of really more so enjoying the film for what it was. I'm just, because I was, like, I was curious, like, how do we get to these kids in the woods? Uh, but I, oh, which I also think the intro was actually really well done, like, with the girl... The girl, oh, like, kind and, of, and then it says demonic, Evil, Dead, the Rise. Evil Dead Rise in the background, the horizon. I think that was like wonderfully done. I, that kind of set a, bar, a tone for me what to expect. I'm just like, oh, this is, I'm expecting a cool movie, and it, yeah. it delivered, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, no, I thought this was, I thought this was fine, I guess I'll say. I'm not going to say great. Um, I think this was good. It was, I think it's a fun night out at the movies. It delivers in everything you want. Oh, not but if you're I, you're personally, this, apparently. Yes. <laughs> But I also don't think that the story did just, I, I just don't think it was 100% effective for me. I like, I see the beats that you're talking about, but for me, it was more of like an eye roll because it was kind of predictable. Um, and again, I'm not there for the story. So every time it cuts to that, I'm like, oh God, right? I, mean, I get it. The story wasn't I'm glad. Like so deep. It wasn't like, it wasn't like so front and center. Actually, the thing that was front and center was probably that like, oh no, I appreciate this for the film also was that last Cronenberg type monster. Oh yeah. The deformity. Yeah. The mutation. Which I appreciate. They also never like really held the shot to like ever get a clear view of it. They kept yeah. it obscure enough where it just kept it just like yeah. your imagination is the one yeah. that's getting the best of you on that one. And it's interesting cause it's, it's a similar thing that was done for, um, 
like you know that crazy movie we saw at Levi's house also about the the that society that looks human but they were actually these monsters and they would deform their bodies you're not talking about body snatchers are you no the, the one that so we, so remember the the main character he finds out that his family was this he yeah, was adopted yeah, yeah. Oh, it was like this and then they all merge yeah like yeah. an orgy <laughs> it was like this awful b movie i don't remember what it was called but if if i okay. remember <laughs> okay <laughs> again but that was like another cronenberg type-esque film yeah cronenberg the the master of mm-hmm. body horror for sure um yeah i mean I'm glad you enjoyed it so thoroughly. I thought it was just, I thought it was, I'm glad these people, you know, passed screenwriting 101. I, I wasn't as in like gripped by it, but I'm, I think that, that in terms of like a horror film, horror is just such a reliable genre at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think that even though it's too CGI'd for, I guess my taste, like I'm more into like, give me practical. Uh, I think that, the goriness like I, even though i'm desensitized to it like i felt it was 100 percent effective the entire time and i actually thought it was really impressive even though majority of it was cgi and i thought the performances were really impressive like it bothered me the little girl it that tortured me mm-hmm. that's like my soft spot but like so in those ways the tension 100 percent the best thing about this movie it was very tense Yes. And that's, and it's just so glad. I'm like, even though it's a revival or a reboot or whatever, it's also a really brand new story. It is. And I think this ultimately, I had told my friend I was going to watch it in the theaters because he invited me to go see the film. And I was like, oh, I'm already watching it on Tuesday for the podcast. He's like, wait, why? Like, this is a sequel. Like, this doesn't qualify as anything. I'm like, wait, is it a sequel? I I don't think so. Is that a direct sequel to any of them? And it's not. And it's not, uh, if anything, it's more like a soft reboot of the franchise and stuff. And I think an effective one, in my opinion. Uh, you know, that's what I have to say about that. Now, I will say <laughs> one thing I took issue with, and Eddie's one who pointed this out, but it's like, of course, the Hispanics all got massacred. Mm. Like, like, not one survivor. And there was only, like, one attractive person in the whole film. And, like, he's a Gabriel, he dies. Yeah, he just... He dies, like, five minutes. Like, Jesus, make him take off his shirt and, like, survive a little bit longer. Jeez, Hollywood. Give us something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I didn't realize that, but good point. Absolutely good point. Yes, no, totally. Uh, Shit, there was one more thing. Oh, but now, why this film and the 2013 remake reminded me of the remake of Hellraiser, where I think Hellraiser tried to and Hellraiser tried to do a little bit of a deeper story that's related to addiction and like the addiction you know that was related to the carnal pleasures of the body right that was like their yeah. what they were trying to do here in this one they I think this is sometimes like those uh those plots don't work because they're either too hand and fist or they're too nebulous. In this one, mm. I actually think both the 2013 remake by making this a uh, young woman who is trying to get clean cold turkey and like kind of almost making those symptoms being that of the demonic possession, I thought that was smart. And it makes sense for good storytelling, like why her friends would be like kind of in disbelief of her what she's saying is happening to her in this case this story tries to connect motherhood and it's kind of like a family drama that's kind of like hidden behind all the horror 
for me that worked and stuff so i i think it's just like i i I don't know i know you weren't a fan of the story but i actually think for me that's kind of i think the story being like as successful as it is is what made it so much more enjoyable for me because like yeah the blood and the gore is cool the the bloody elevator scene that's fun but for me ultimately it's just like but how can i connect to these characters and like i think beth is by the end of the film, like, someone I was just really rooting for her. And, you know, she got her Ash moment. She, you know, she kills these monsters with chainsaws and stuff. And I thought it was cool. And the Shredder. And, and the Shredder, yeah. She went Fargo. Do, do you think uh, the next film will also be just a completely different, here's another group of people who find the book, or do you think they might actually return I don't some know. of these characters? So Lily Sullivan, the, the woman who plays Beth, I think she has, she's so beautiful on screen as she was, like, kind of, just like covered in blood and like murdering people with a chainsaw that is just like I, I don't know she has like that star power it's just like why lose it mm. now is there a chance that maybe now we'll get that movie that has Bruce Campbell uh, Lily Sullivan and uh, Beth Beth and Cassie because and, and she survived too Cassie. Uh, yeah but I'm thinking no what's her name Jane Levy who played M- Mia like I you know will we see these characters all together in another film maybe because I think that's what a good reboot does. It kind of gives fresh blood for hmm. audiences here. And this one, this no one, pun intended a little bit. Intended. I, I, it's clearly I stumbled my words into getting into that. So one. much blood, but yeah, <laughs> I think that's what I think they got lucky. I think they, 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 they delivered a good, a solid film. And I think this is going to reinvigorate the franchise kind of in a way that the 2013 one didn't. Mm, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think people were kind of like, why, when that first came out? And they're not saying that anymore. They're kind of like, oh, it's about time, which is interesting. Yeah, and the 2013, it's a shame because I, like, I'm good at saying this. The 2013 one is good. Like, the 2013 one, it, 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 it's not, it's a remake, but it's also a reboot. And I think, mm. it's a, I, think it's a, I think it's a valid one. Just as much as I think this one is just as valid, too. Nice. I don't know what well, the guys, end game of these deadites is, though. Do you know? Like, what do they want? I think there was a line that was said in Evil Dead Two or Evil or Army of Darkness, where it was like, you know, we will, we will rise and we will inhabit the world like we once did. So I think they want to like own the world. Hmm. They want to live up there. So I think so. Okay. Well, that's don't quote it. me on that. Do you guys know, though? Do you guys have any thoughts on these new Evil Dead movies and any of the franchises? Do you miss Ash? Do you miss Mia? What do you think about Beth? Ways that you can let us know. You can email us at remakesreboostandrevivals.com. Sorry, remakesreboostrevivals at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to us on Instagram at remakesreboostrevivals. You can reach out on Twitter at remakespodcast. You can search for us on YouTube and Facebook by searching Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. And if you are listening on a podcasting platform, please go to that podcasting platform and give us a rating. And if you can, leave a review. And that's it. That's my spiel. Yeah. That's... <laughs> wow, this is real engaging podcasting, guys. <laughs> um, what I'm supposed to say is like, yeah. Email. Actually, we've been getting emails, so keep sending those emails, guys. I actually do enjoy reading uh your thoughts and your recommendations we got some recommendations absolutely absolutely for upcoming episodes which by the way do we have a sneak peek for next week or we haven't decided yet um 
do we have a sneak peek? What, what, what are we, we thinking? do. I think we will be going with the Peter Pan and Wendy Disney Plus film that is when coming are we out do, this weekend. Uh, Fatal Attraction. Or Dungeons well, and Dragons. Well, Fatal Attraction or comes Dungeons, out. I think we're going to do probably Dungeons and Dragons when Nicole's out because she's going to be out towards the end of the month. So I figured, like, all right, there we go. That's when we can get Dungeons and Dragons in. All right, guys, we're going to talk about this amongst ourselves. <laughs> stay tuned next week and find out what it is we're going to be doing. So until next time, stay, stay unoriginal. unoriginal.